raised in Midwest City, Oklahoma, Tiffany Marie is a mom of two adult children. And 16 years ago, Tiffany was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Due to the pain of the disease, she eventually developed an opiate addiction. About six years go on with this addiction cycle until Tiffany decides to quit cold turkey. Cannabis was the answer to that. Not only did she quit the opiates, she started working in kitchens and worked her way up to corporate head chef for a few places. She became an advocate for Oklahoma State Question 788, and she was even on the television commercials to promote the vote. Today, Tiffany runs White Rabbit Medicinals, and she knows a bit about how to make some premium grub. Welcome, Tiffany. Thanks for being on the show, Tiffany. And and while I, I'm, I'm a huge foodie and I want to get to the things that you've done with White Rabbit and the food industry, I really want to kind of start by one, saying hello and thank you for being on the show, but two, kind of touch on those initial, how you started medicating um, with your issues with MS and things like that and the opioid addiction. If you could kind of just touch on some of those things, kind of your introduction into cannabis and how you started medicating. Oh, well, thank you guys for having me. Um, I began my journey, I guess, uh, to cannabis through the opiates uh, that I was prescribed when I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. It was, um, at first, I really did need the medicine, but then, you know, as addiction rolls on, you start to uh, abuse that medication, and unfortunately, I had a disease that basically I could walk into any ER or clinic and, you know, I say I have MS and no one even questioned me. They prescribed anything and everything that I requested and uh, not before too long, like I started medicating when I didn't even need it. So my addiction grew um, to a place where I was no longer functioning. appropriately as a parent and as you know just a a person of the society and when I moved to Tulsa uh, it was a completely different culture than what Oklahoma City was people actively and publicly use cannabis before 788 even was legalized so uh, when I got into the kitchen you know atmosphere the industry cannabis use is uh pretty much you know it's it's free like everybody's like oh I had a horrible shift I need to go you know smoke a joint or whatever so I was introduced to the medicinal side of cannabis when I landed here in Tulsa and um, once I realized that it was healing me and stopping the progression of my disease like I quit opiates pretty quick it was not even a hard thing to do oh wow Um, I had I, I hate saying that because so many people do struggle yeah. with opiate addictions because it, it is a very controlling drug. But when I took a hard look at, you know, smoking cannabis compared to the opiates, it wasn't really hard for me to see that I could, I couldn't parent as an opiate addict. There, there are times that I would miss, you know, doctor's appointments or I would miss soccer games because I was so, uh, I just, I wasn't there for my kids on a lot of, yeah, a lot un- of times. When under I was the cloud medicated. of, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it's, it's not a safe, um, it's not a safe addiction. And 
once I started smoking cannabis, I realized, hey, you don't have to constantly have that urge met. You don't have to constantly look for that high because what I was needing was pain relief and I developed a really healthy relationship with cannabis. And um, I noticed a difference as a mother because I wasn't missing a lot of things. I was actually connecting with my children and I was present. There wasn't this, you know, people think uh, people that smoke cannabis are, you know, potheads and they're spaced out, not with it, but I've never been more connected to people since I've been on cannabis. It, it doesn't cloud your brain like, you know, the this, this stigmatism says. It doesn't limit your ability to think clearly. Right, and that's and that's oh. one of those stigmas that we run into on this show a lot. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that people like out there, like that, exist out there when you're smoking all day, and that's all that you do. But when you're using it okay. as a as a medicine, you know, like you were, it's completely different. Like you said, it, it, it puts you in the moment. Yeah, but the, mm-hmm. but there's a there's a crutch that's being used, and that is um, cannabis. And, you know, so if you're going to be doing that, you're probably going to be doing that on whatever it is. Uh, it doesn't matter the substance. Um, uh, you know, whenever, when we're talking about sure. that, sure. so, um, <laughs> kudos to you for recognizing, um, that and, uh, but I'm curious to know, like on the medical side of things, what were you, I, I realized that you're, um, noticing things with your children and and your behavior and things like that but were you actually noticing things um, physically changing yes um with opiates they do not take care of the spasticity of multiple sclerosis the tremors um any kind of weird uh muscle spasms that i would have they actually kind of made them a lot worse especially when I was coming to the point where I needed to remedicate or needed to take another pill. With cannabis, my tremors and my spasms significantly dropped. I was able to use my hands more because I I wasn't cramping all the time. And I noticed my balance also got a lot better. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine the feeling of starting to lose those things over over time and especially if you depend on those for your livelihood right and uh and not even just your livelihood but but the love some of the love uh, of your life is uh, you know using your hands and cooking and things like that and um it's just uh it's it's so wonderful that you found a way to 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 look past that i mean right like I said, kudos. <laughs> well, and, and to me too, Thank and you. I, you know, I, I, you know, going back to like stigmas and things like that, you know, you always hear about it being like a gateway to not only like other drugs, but bad environments and bad people and things like that. And really, you know, with Tiffany's story, it kept all of the good things in her life. So I, I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. I love hearing stories like this because it truly helped her hold on to the things that she loved and was passionate about. Yeah, not only that, it put it on a pedestal, you know. Right. It, 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 there was hyper-focus on what was important sure. um, rather than trying to escape whatever it was. Which comes from being, like she said, present and in the moment exactly. and realizing, you know, what was going on around her. Exactly. I, I, I love, love that you were able <laughs> to, like, lift that dark cloud off of yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah, one of the big things that I noticed, um, like right when I started my journey into cooking, is when I was on the pills, I was not present or, or I wasn't aware of my body function because with MS, there is such a disconnect with your brain and your body. Mm-hmm. So when I was medicated on opiates, I would always burn myself. I would always cut myself because I just, I didn't have the faculties to be like, hey, you're, you're getting dangerously close to this hot ass oven. And that's, that's the biggest thing that I've noticed in my cooking is I know where my hands are at all times. And that is extremely important. Well, sure, it's your lifeline. Fire and knife. <laughs> you've got you've got deadly weapons all around you. Yeah, yeah you well, exactly. might want to know where your hands are, right? Or your body is at that point. <laughs> yeah, and and when when people do have addictions, like you're right, they there is a crutch kind of stigma to you know people are like, oh, well, now you can't you know get off of cannabis, and I actually. Uh, went through a withdrawal for about, uh, not withdrawal, a tolerance break um, in August for about five to six weeks. And I I got sick for somehow, and it, I, I went into a domino flare, which means uh, my, my autoimmune disease went into a flare, and that caused my diabetes to go into a flare. And then my blood pressure, you know, just, it was a domino effect with my, my health. And I, I got... I didn't miss cannabis. I missed the the ritual of it. My body definitely did need it for pain, so I I turned to CBD. But the whole time I was going, I don't, I'm not craving cannabis. I'm, I'm a little cranky. Yes, the first couple, you know, the first week or two is probably hell for everybody. But that was only thing that I really noticed. And I was going, you know, I'm so proud of myself because I have a medicine that I can back away from temporarily and not have these horrible like ramifications of withdrawals and, you know, the, the, the sickness that you get when you wean yourself off of opiates and other medications. Absolutely. Not only that, you don't have that during while you're while you are using this as medicine. I, and in the other case you do. Or, or the, mm-hmm. or this, or the, you know, the side effects that it's possibly doing to other parts of your body right. either. Exactly. You know that, I mean, that's my biggest thing. I mean, you know, we talk about it on here all the time is I'm not against certain modern medicines, but I am against kind of prolonged use of them because I see what they do to other parts of your body. And this is not, you know, with cannabis, you don't see those negative derivatives from it. You, like I said, you always kind of see positive derivatives as far as overall health. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the only thing that I'm doing with now is trying to get my tolerance back up, where I don't smoke or consume and have a full blown panic attack. <laughs> That's my only like. You, when you do take a tolerance break and try to get back, you know, because as soon as I felt better, I, I grabbed the bong, I grabbed the blunt, I was yeah, like ready used, to go, and yeah, then right. I realized, hey, girl, <laughs> Whoa, back off a right. you need to slow down. You, you yeah. realize that you were a cheaper date than you thought, right? You know, as yes. far as consumption. <laughs> Let's but, roll, roll that blunt a little bit skinnier. Right. <laughs> but the the other thing too, um, I I also see people go that way sometimes in just like their maintenance doses. That you know mm-hmm. when they're dealing with an issue, they are using higher doses. But once they've kind of climbed that mountain and got on that other side, they're generally their maintenance doses are smaller. Their mm-hmm. intake is kind of smaller. So I mean, I you know I Tiffany mentioned about loving cannabis for that reason, but I also love that it is so versatile. Yeah. 
that, you know, um, but the other thing is, is I've heard that story so many times about people taking that tolerance break and then heading back in and dosing like they used to and kind of having that little and, bit of and it shell is shock. kind of if you think about it i mean not even if you think about it it is it's a fact it's a little bit scary because you know uh, i've been on some rso regiments and you know i'm sp- supposed to maintain and i should be uh, doing so better yes. i'm sorry right uh, josh yeah, you don't have to apologize <clears throat> to me <laughs> but whenever i do it's like Okay, I'm 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 used to putting a whole lot of this, you know, and with RSO, you, you know, you're dealing with a little bit higher potency. Sure. So, go from a grain of rice to a gram a day, and then where do you meet in the middle? Right. I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and well, and unfortunately, especially like with RSO, it's almost like a tolerance break. Even though you're still consuming cannabis, you almost kind of have to start that regiment back over. So right back at because a, it's that half a grain of rice because it's so concentrated okay right so there you go i mean it, it, well like i said it's all i mean she's a good example of that of like basically rso is kind of a different beast and yeah. i mean in, in my oh, yeah. experiences i mean like you can be a well-seasoned heavy cannabis user mm-hmm. and you are not a heavy rso user i sure. promise you you're just not yeah um most people just aren't so but i i do like that you pointed that out tiffany kind of start back over reintroduce your ECS and your body into those meds again and remember the last time that we dosed and those dosage amounts and things like that very very important and I'm glad that you touched on that yeah it's important for our listeners to know these things you know um, because a lot of us are left in the dark because what they're what what's happening is is um, you know you're going or people are going to uh, their medical professionals and they're saying that they have MS and not being asked any questions and being thrown whatever they want except for cannabis right cannabis yeah all right so they're not educated so that's why you know we it's wanna, a, well it's important, it's important and it's important for her to share her story exactly yeah um so now in your journey with the cannabis and i always kind of touch on this with people was there anything in particular that you found cannabinoids turpins ingestion methods or anything like that that just truly spoke to your body or spoke to your condition or issue um i would say the terp uh caryophylline is probably my best friend absolutely i I honestly look for uh, that terpene because it does help with a lot of the spasticity problems that I have with multiple sclerosis. Um, I'm an indica person. I I cannot do any type of sativa. Uh, It absolutely makes me want to go run into a room and cover my head. (laughs) Um, But here recently, I have honestly, and it's kind of weird being a cannabis processor, uh, I've, I have unlocked the door to CBD. Like it is, it is what has helped me through um, getting over my my little flare up that I had, and it's also helped me get back into uh, consuming cannabis again. Sure, over and that's and over and over, Josh. We keep hearing this uh, CBD. I've been on this kick. I'm I'm so on board with you on this, Tiffany. It's such an overlooked and underrated part of the plant. It is. Um, I think a lot of it sometimes because, you know, even as users, we have stigmas that we carry around. And if we're not feeling medicated, 
we're, we're not feeling that high. We don't feel like we are medicating. I am so glad that you said that, um, especially for inflammation and things like that and just body balance. To me, there's nothing better. Absolutely nothing better. I agree. And, you know, and when you touched on karyophylline too, that's one of those that I, you know, when we talk about versatility of this plant is karyophylline, especially like for you, Tiffany, it's, you know, anti-inflammatory. It's a local like anesthetic. Um, it's also also anti-spasmatic. I mean, there are so many things in that one turpin that really nail your issue. And I love that you brought that out. And that's part of the, that education that we talk about that. I'm so glad that you said that because I think someone with those issues needed to hear it. I, I agree. And I think the biggest stigma that we have with CBD is before, you know, cannabis w- was legalized. We had a lot of CBD shops and a lot of gas, station gas and station, mail shops CBD. that had, yeah. you know, fake CBD. And people would, you know, spend $60, $70 on these little bottles and it wouldn't help them. But now that we have a true medical program in the state and we actually have people growing, you know, CBD and we have local sources that we can go, hey, this is made from, you know, from such and such farms. We know the growers. We know what's going on. And we have true CBD in the stores now. Right. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, you know, I've said it before, Josh, don't ask uh, Uncle Bob about the right. education right. Right. and here's a new one don't go to the gas station for your cbd sure well and here's something too that i want to kind of want to point out james and i've talked about this before i was recently out at ulta you know kind of the makeup store um mm-hmm. with my wife and of course i'm not looking for makeup she is so i just kind of find myself kind of walking around these aisles i was really shocked at the amount of cannabis leaves i saw on everything um, the, yeah. the female, like the healthcare line and makeup line is really embraced CBD. Um, but at the same time, there are, like you said, there's a lot of junk out there. Yeah. There's, there's 45 ingredients in one product and the last ingredient is CBD oil. You know what I mean? So I, I agree with you, but I mean, I, I loved what Tiffany said about, you know, Talk to your dispensary about these things. You know, it's just because you're seeing it in a gas station doesn't mean that's the only place that you can get it. Right. And just because it is an MMJ, you know, dispensary doesn't mean they don't have non-psychoactive products. So ask those questions, learn those turpins and those cannabinoids for sure. And by the way, whenever I say don't get it from a gas station, that is my opinion. Okay, and if you have a gas station CBD that you feel that you can um, um, change my opinion about that, feel free. Right. Same. (laughs) I have not. I I haven't ran across one yet. (laughs) Probably hear crickets. I haven't either, and I've noticed a lot of um, CBD, you know, labels and everything. They it says CBD really bold, and then it's like made with hemp oil. Yep. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, you know, the, you know, you're not supposed to say um, uh, medicine. What is it? Drug or, or whatever. But you can say, you know, whatever you want on your marketing label and call it whatever you want it, with the initials as long as people will buy it. Right. Right. But mm-hmm. but but you turn that bottle around and it says that it helps people. Oh, man, we got to look at that. Well, and two, you know, my when we when we were talking about this, it brings up a good point that my wife had brought up. You know, she had grabbed um, it was a CBD tincture that we had kind of, or I think maybe a gummy that we had talked about for my daughter. 
um, just, um, you know, growing up and she was in her teen years and things like that. And my wife was looking at packaging and was like, Hey, this packaging looks awesome. This is something I think she would be, Oh, you know, kind of had that be open to a conversation about it. But when I looked at what was actually in it, it was not a natural product. It was so even though packaging can look like it kind of was birthed from a tree (laughs) or something, don't be fooled by that stuff. Really? Like I said, do your homework, listen to podcasts, reach out to dispos, bud tenders, you know, shop owners, things like that. I mean, because seriously, I mean, things can look very medicinal and not be medicinal at all. And I think that goes back to that education. Um, So with that being said, I kind of wanted to hop in Tiffany with the white, you know, what you're doing currently and how some of those things that you've learned medicating yourself have kind of crossed over into what you're doing, you know, now as far as professionally. So when I started uh, consuming cannabis, I also started making um, butter and coconut oil. Because I was a chef, I wanted to, you know, medicate with foods because I I just loved it. I, I'm, that's my thing. That's my stress reliever is cooking. So when we opened White Rabbit Medicinals, that was the first couple of products that I wanted to bring on it was butter and coconut oils so patients could go home and medicate their own food. Uh, when we came out with other products, you know, I, I got, can you make something sugar-free? Can you make something gluten-free? Can you make something vegan? And as a processor, I can't have that many products out there. That's especially a brand new processor that was very, you know, time consuming and it just ate up a lot of our our time and inventory. So allowing patients to take home a medicated coconut oil or a butter and then jumping on our social media platforms and educating people, hey, if you want to make, you know, go to the store and get a box cake mix, use this butter and your slices are going to be, you know, X amount of milligrams. Mm -hmm. We really wanted to focus um, a lot of education, a lot of cooking techniques towards the patients in the very beginning. And that's what I continue to do. We've added a couple of products along the way, but the butter and the coconut oils are my baby. And that's, that's what I really wanted to focus on is so patients who are diabetic or taking care of a diabetic, they don't have to go to a dispensary and sort through, you know, baked goods, candies, and everything that has massive amounts of sugar. I'm a diabetic, so I see this every freaking day. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to explain to people who are not diabetic. You have to be really careful with your sugars, and you have to be, you know, educated on your nutritional values. You can't just make up something and just throw it on a sticker. You have to be you know, kind of diligent and making sure that the macros are right. And people are not going to, you know, put themselves in a scary diabetic situation because they're, you know, eating your edibles. So that was a big thing for me is the diabetic education and helping those patients out. And then uh, through all of this, I learned that sugar is uh, extremely bad for cancer patients. So that was just another demographic of patients that I wanted to help with our coconut oils and butters and kind of explain how they can, you know, feed themselves in a nutritious diet without having to add all that sugar. Well, and you know, the, the that I find so awesome about it's almost like a different perspective that you have on your business model. The 
what I what I heard in it is there's in today's culture there's so much that has to be like completely packaged for you tells you how to use it when you go home and what I heard in your story it, it almost makes the consumer and or I guess I'm only speaking for myself sometimes it makes me feel like that a marketing group or a company looks at me like a moron and yeah, I, I, I do. Well, I know. Oh, I, well, but you know me personally. That's different. <laughs> but what I'm saying, I love how Tiffany. You looked at it and you were like, "No, I want something that these people can take home and learn about. I don't need to neatly package it up into the final product that they're going to be eating at 10 milligrams a piece." She took it home for something to them almost like you sent them home with a sandbox. Like to play in. And while they played in it, they learned. And I I like that. And not just that, it kind of gives a little bit of freedom to your consumer. Where, like I said, most things nowadays are so packaged. Like, this is how you use it. This is what you spray it on, how you wipe it down, and how long you have to let it dry. This is just a little more of consumer freedom. And it's something you don't hear about a lot. And I appreciate that. Well, it's also like a a way to... Uh, consume a, a, a better, healthier way uh, as well. And, and you know, there are so many people out there that don't know how to consume cannabis uh, in an edible whenever they're making their own homegrown, uh, you know, situation, that that sort of thing. So this right here is perfect. I love it. I mean, it's, it's like you can take all these agree- ingredients and, you know, you can attempt to make something as good as mother rabbit but uh you probably won't um but <laughs> uh i'm sorry i've had your food i i had i love it but um oh thank you yeah um but yeah i get that josh i get where you're what you're saying there and it's it, it makes sense sure it's just it's i i like it because as they're going through this process one they can reach out to her and her social media platforms but they're just kind of constantly learning something and to me it does it kind of reverses that thinking that we always to me it's so many people and including myself sometimes walk around mindless as far as our health is concerned and we just like kind of walk into these doors and look for answers and ask someone to hand us something right this is us becoming part of that journey and she's put them in that position and I think that's really awesome and I don't know if that's what your intention was but if that's what it was or if it wasn't that's what happened and I absolutely just think that's such a great tool that you're sending people home with well thank you it, it was our intention because when uh, we were at our old kitchen on um, South Sheridan I it was a storefront it was in a little shopping center so I would constantly have um, older people come to me and say, I don't understand what, you know, this is. Can you help me? Or I've got a, a wife that is battling uh, Alzheimer's and she's refused to eat and I know she's in pain. Can you, you know, suggest a recipe that I can use this butter in to make lemon cakes because that's all she eats? And when I would have those one-on-one conversations with patients, that is what I basically was like, this is how we're going to run our company. It's going to be patient-based. I'm not going to be the edible company that's going to have a thousand milligram brownie. I'm not going to have, you know, a million products. I'm going to focus on a couple of things that are going to help people in different, you know, stages of their life. I wanted to, I want to take a take a second and I want our audience to take just one minute and realize how good of a person you are. <laughs> you are a great <laughs> person, so a good human being, a, a good business-minded person, but you're you have the right 
thing in mind. And I am, you are very inspirational. Yeah. And, and, and something too, I always pick up on, and I don't know if a lot of people do. She hasn't called a single person, a customer yet. (laughs) She calls them patients. I'm the same way. And, and our, and our shop that I manage, it drives me up the walls when people call you know, people that come in, customers, it's like these people are looking for answers. They're looking for help. They're patients. And just mm-hmm. because I don't have a lab coat on doesn't mean that they're not a patient to me because I care about their health, which, which makes them a patient of mine. And as I sat there and I kept listening to you talk, Tiffany, and you were just like, patient, patient, patient. I love where your mindset right. is at. I, I, I know it comes from a good place because I can hear it. I think every every single part, if you're driving right now, even whatever, whatever you're doing, just stop, take a second, just take a second and realize how good of a person this is and figure out a way to thank her. Right. Instagram. Shoot. Seriously. Absolutely. Let her know. Um, and I mean, that's that's what the other thing, too. And James and it, well, Tiffany, you, you mentioned lemon bars or something like that. That's another huge tool I think that you're giving people um, even like on like say the autism side when kids have sensory issues and they don't like certain foods or things like that. There are certain people that can't walk into a dispensary and find that food that their kid will eat, but she gives them that tool to where they can go home and possibly make that food that the kid you know yeah. will eat or that someone that's having digestive problems and you know is bedridden and they can only you know eat certain types of foods. That's the tool that you're giving people. And that's the power in it that I find in your story. And I, I just, I love that. I think it's such an awesome thing that you're doing. You're just, to me, you're not, you're not selling a product. You're handing someone a tool. Well, thank you. That's, that's, that is exactly what we want white rabbit to represent is a place that we can educate patients and to help patients out. No matter, you know, if they want to buy a sucker, that's fine. If they, you know, buy the coconut oil to put in their coffee, that's fine. I just, I want to make sure that our company is synonymous with medicinal. I, I, I love where your head's at or your heart's at. And you know, another aspect uh, of your company, which I really enjoy is the, um, kind of the private chef, the private chef aspect or possibly, um, are you doing home kitchens like for parties, home parties and things, or how is that working? Well, with before COVID happened, I was doing uh, cooking classes that, you know, that patients would come in and I would explain how to decarb, how to make their own butter, and, you know, just a couple of recipes. And since, you know, since this whole pandemic has happened, um, we went the cooking route, like, so I could cook for patients. And a lot of people, you know, they see the pictures and they see that... It's a nice, pretty meal and everything, but a lot of the patients that I meet through these dinners come up and ask me questions like, hey, how do you dose this? How do you, you know, medicate these mashed potatoes? Because I want to go home and, you know, replicate that. And I take those opportunities every time to help people. It's not about just selling my products. It's, it's actually helping patients go home and duplicate a meal. So and <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. So you're actually giving people the secret sauce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just handing it out like a secret candy. recipe. Just here you go. Because it's not because it's about medicine. I, know, I, I love that. That's so cool. That is very cool. 
Yeah, there's a lot of people, you know, I, I compare it to Walmart. There's pe- there's ingredients in there to make cookies, and there's also already made cookies. So there's two di- there's two types of patients that come to me. They're, uh, you know, wanting an already made product, or how can you help, you know, make them that product? And with butter and coconut oil, I have posted our recipe a thousand times. My partners, you know, get pissed off when I do it, but I'm like, this is a hundred year old recipe. And if I can save, you know, someone that's barely making ends meet and they have just a little bit of cannabis, and if I can help them infuse butter to get them medicated for a couple of weeks to stretch out their medicine, then I'm going to do it. If you know, at one point they can go in and buy the already made butter. That's fine too. But either way, I'm going to help a patient. Health, health over profits. I exactly. I, I promise you, people, this is rare. Uh, t- take take note. This doesn't happen a lot. But in it, yeah, and and realize too that there are angels in this world. There are angels in this universe, and they they look over people, and something's looking over you, and you're yep. and you're delivering a good thing. Thank you. Well, thank you. I've got two ex-husbands would beg to differ, but, you know, (laughs) I do what I can. And Tiffany has a killer sense of humor, too. So, I mean, she's just awesome. (laughs) uh, Speaking of, I want to know about your best friend, your true friend, Betty Rocker. My true friend, Betty Rocker. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That bitch left left me stranded a couple of days ago. Um, Oh, no. I'm not used to cars not telling me that they're almost out of gas. Okay. And she's an old vehicle, and I guess her little gauge was broke, and I broke and I stalled out on the highway. And somehow I got her to a gas station, uh, and I had to go in and buy a gas can because I parked on the wrong side of the damn pumps. But uh, she she has I, I got her because. I had a little Jetta wagon and it was a, a stick shift and I'm noticing that my disease is now progressing to uh, my legs and I'm not as quick footed. And so driving a stick shift is, was not, was not working for me. I, I took the opportunity to, you know, get something fun. And I, I've always loved those little old Scooby-Doo vans and <laughs> I, 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 I'm at a point, my, my children are um, adults. One is leaving for um, Oregon um, next year, and my son is a grower for uh, a local place here. So I didn't need, you know, a practical car anymore. And I love to camp. I love to get, you know, out into the wilderness. And I was like, why why don't I just go get a van and I can put a bed in it and on the weekends when I just need to decompress, I drive it out to some woods and, you know, have Throw some fun. pillows in the back and, and, yeah, sleep under the stars. So romantic. Yep. So what really happened? So romantic. <laughs> uh, what really happened is I got it and it needed four tires, a complete, like, uh, <laughs> tune-up. It needed a bunch of shit. And it's, it's she's she's a labor of love. Um but yeah, she's she's a lot of fun. Yeah, but she's a sexy beast, right? Right. <laughs> she is. I love your videos. I like watching your videos. They're funny. All right. So I I know that you were um, talking about your son earlier, and uh, I, oh, how old are your children? 
My son is 21 and my daughter is 18. Oh, okay. 21 and 18. And so uh, what's your son's name? His name is Cameron. Cameron. And he is on the spectrum? Yes. Um, He doesn't really like to share his story. And I posted it on social media, um, I think, last week or something. And it got, I think, 400 likes or a a bunch of shares. And I I reached out to him and I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry I'm kind of like talking about, you know, what you go through. And he was like, it's fine. It's fine. Um, he, He has dealt with this, you know, obviously his whole life. Um, it was, it was grossly overshadowed by my own health issues. So he, there was a lot of times where he could have had a lot more, um, guidance in the subject. But when I was a sick mom, it kind of like, I need to figure out what's wrong with me so I can continue living and raising you. So there were times in his life that he had to face a bunch of stuff and um, I don't want to, this is hard to explain, but society really looks at children that are disruptive, uh, that connect, cannot connect and, you know, that many say that act odd. Like that was the biggest yes. uh, issue that I had is people kept calling my son odd. Or different. And yeah, different. And I was like, no, he's not different. They're, he just thinks on a different level than us. And when, as he got older, it became more apparent that his social awkwardness was was really hindering him in education and connecting with people. Uh, I had to watch my son, you know, come home and cry because he just couldn't sit in class. Or, you know, he would tell me all the time, like, my brain just does not want to do this. Mom, I can't do it. The lights are too bright. The chairs, you know, they, they squeak. And it, he would tell people this, and they would say, that, oh, those are excuses. You're just being lazy. And for the longest time, we had to suffer in silence because there's so many stigmas with autism, and it's so weird to watch a lot of kids go through the system and kind of be outcast and, you know, kind of dis- disregarded as a behavioral issue. This is not a behavioral issue. And that that's, that's a huge misconception. And my son had to go through a lot of schooling and, you know, a lot of bullying because he just didn't fit in. And as soon as legalization happened, he was not of age. And I was like, hey, we need to get you on cannabis. You know, we need to start seeing how this can happen and this can help you. Because I was in a lot of forums with mothers that were, you know, showing and telling of progress using cannabis on their children, their younger children. And he was, you know, at almost as an adult. I was like, we need to try this. We need to see if this can help you. And with Cameron, he could he couldn't connect the dots to a lot of things, and it was hard watching him struggle, you know, and not making friends. That was the biggest thing. Is his sister is very outgoing and always had friends, and he would say, "Why don't I have friends? Why 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 are people not inviting me to birthday parties?" And as a mom, that's one of the. I'm about to cry right now. I mean, I can't even. 
it, it's hard because you know your child is wonderful. You know they're, you know, perfect, but it's just they're not fitting into what other people believe is normal. So when uh, I finally, you know, I was one of those, I'm the opposite of a lot of moms. I was pushing cannabis on my kid almost every day. Like, please try this. Like, right. if, when you come home today, let's try a little bit. I'll be right here with you. And it is scary for, you know, someone that is on the spectrum to, to give up a little bit of the control, to give up the little bit of safety that they've created, you know, with their their structures and their schedules and how they, they cope. Right. But I've noticed, I, I tell everybody, within the last year, I have seen my son laugh. I have seen my son have true emotions. He is connecting. And to watch that, I I feel a little bit of guilt because I did not push for that at a younger age. But But you were in a place, it doesn't seem that you you could. So that this was not, you know, something that was up to you. You know? Yeah. that is true, but moms are going to have guilt no matter what. I still have right. guilt for swatting my daughter's uh, ass when she was six years yeah, old. <laughs> I can't take that stuff away. I, I, yeah. But with with cannabis, he is no longer afraid to make those connections. And his abruptness, and, you know, so many people have told me throughout the years, like, your son is so rude. He just says what is on his mind. And I'm like, that's beautiful to me. Yeah, I don't know why I mean, that's rude. I yeah, agree. I don't either. I think that a lot of people just don't like what they hear when exactly. someone's honest. They don't. Yeah, they don't want to hear the honesty. Right. <laughs> yeah. So with that, with cannabis, it's kind of helped him, you know, realize that there's a lot of things like, hey, I, I can say this in a different way that people will understand what I'm saying and not hurt people's feelings, and. He's actually, you know, noticing his words have power and his actions have power. And it's it's honestly a beautiful thing watching his mind unlock a lot of things that have been locked up for so long. Yeah. And, and, you know, you you touch on something right there. And it was kind of an eye opening moment for me is when you when your son was treated that way for so long i didn't think about the power of his words being lost because people don't take him serious or think he's just acting out again and that is that's i mean that's something that at a young age you kind of have to you feel rooted in your power in your voice that people are hearing you and i that's something i never thought of until you said that tiffany and i mean that is that's that's a magical thing to hand him that back that's something that every other kid gets i've heard it explained to me like um uh, like a nightmare where you're being um buried alive and you can't talk but you can see everything that's going on mm-hmm. that's the way it was explained to me by a, a few that and um that's a scary feeling and i i mean you can you can almost understand that fear but uh to actually live that uh, right. I, I i couldn't imagine yeah, it's it's amazing to watch because he there were two years that he failed in class. I mean, he, he failed two grades and when he started consuming it was like he he was a different student. He was a different 
person. I mean, he, there were times where we were sitting, sit him down when he was little. I'm like, Cameron, why, why are you doing this? Why, why are you going this way with your, you know, with education? Why, why aren't you taking this serious? And he's, he just looked at me. He's like, I don't know. Like my poor child didn't even know why he was the way he was. Yeah. So, but, but he's doing much better now. That's, that's wonderful. Um, Oh, and you said working in the industry too, right? Yeah. He, he, uh, he said something the other day. He's like, I'm sorry. I didn't go to college, you know, like this is doing, I'm like, you jumped into the family business. Damn right. That's awesome. When you, when you mentioned that, when you said grow earlier, I said that this is what I thought. I was like, you know, people say whatever they want about cannabis or even the cannabis industry, but in one, well, you know, a couple years, you have multiple generations of your family already in the industry. That's, that's saying something. Yeah, and he is with a group that is phenomenal in education, and their cannabis is some of the best. I mean, it's pretty much uh, the only flower that I consume is from this grow, and they have taken him in, and they have explained, you know, like he loves structure, he loves routines, you know that that's that's part of his. Mm-hmm. Um, security and the fact that he can go into a business and grow and have structure an and routine support him. And yeah. Yeah. It's almost like that, that industry that or not that industry, but that job specifically is perfect for, right. For that. I mean, you, you. well, and too, and on the educational side, I think that it's one of those things that the blessings will keep coming with it, especially as far as his health. Sure. And, you know, he yeah. may find a strain that speaks to him even more like, and pass on that. Right. Yeah. And growing like personally and professionally. And I mean, that's, I mean, the, the flower in that room is not the only thing blossoming. I can tell you right now. Yeah. It's so 100%. cool. Your your story is so cool. I mean, everybody around you just seems very positive, and I love it. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy for you. I, I was I, I was curious though. What's your favorite dish? What do you like to cook? Uh, man, I don't know. That's a hard one for me. I'm a huge potatoes person. So any time that I can infuse potatoes and cheese is a great day for me. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> well, and two, I, uh, is there, are, are you that, you know, you hear the stereotype and this is a little bit off cannabis. Are you that person that likes to come home and you just hate to cook because you yes. do it all day? <laughs> yeah. I'm in the kitchen about six, six hours a day right. and I'm, you know, in front of a stove, in front of a cooktop and I'm stirring and I'm cutting and I'm mixing. The last thing I want to do is go home and cook. Sure. So now it, with that being said, do you have a favorite dish that you have like that is cooked for you? Please say cheese whiz. <laughs> Peanut butter in a spoon. <laughs> um, I'm a huge, like I'll, I love steak. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And the, I obviously use my butter to, you know, to do all the steak things. I, I, I pan fry a cast iron skillet. That's right. You know, that's the true way of making a steak. I, I have a lot of people say that's different, but I, man, a good steak and shrimp. That's, that's where it's at right there. A little surf and turf. I envision a Adam Sandler Spain, Spanglish situation when he comes home from the restaurant and, Right. Just throw something together. Right. You know? He's like, yeah. Right. It's <laughs> great. Anyway, uh, so you have anything else that you would like to talk about, Josh? 
No, I just, I, I, I wanted to say that, you know, Tiffany, thank you for what you're doing for the cannabis community. Thank you for the education you're passing around as someone who works in a shop. That is something that I push home with, you know, our employees, with our patients is don't stop learning. Um, use all the tools out there, ask those questions. They're not dumb questions because we're all new at this, but I just love that, that I, and I wanted to say thank you, Tiffany, for furthering that education and that what I consider sometimes my mission is to have people understanding this plant far more than they're using it so they can use it effectively. And I, that's one of the one core values that I heard in what you guys are doing. Um, and so just thank you for that. Um, I love that you've got your family involved. I just love your story. I can't wait to meet you in person. I am a little bit shocked that I didn't hear more F-bombs, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's sounded that? like you were <laughs> coming here dropping them hard and heavy. So, but like I said, that's all right. I mean, I came in. I was ready to get like Sailor, you know. Yeah, it's salty. But, uh, uh, yeah. Hey, do you want to plug your uh, plug your stuff there, Tiffany? Oh, yeah. Um, well, we're going to have a pop-up at uh, Native Relief Dispensary on the 7th, and that's in Bixby, Oklahoma. And then we're going to be down in Oklahoma City at the Green Door on Veterans Day. We are a, a woman-owned, Native American-owned, and veteran-owned company, so um, the pop-up at the Green Door is going to be pretty special. And uh, we are going to do another medicated meal Um in December, I believe, at Hempton Heights. Yep. It's probably going to be another murder mystery because the first one was absolutely amazing. Yeah, that, and, that, that's cool. And, oh. uh, yeah, so look for us on all of the social media platforms. Um, I'm trying to get my TikTok account to just blow up because it, it seems to be uh, what a lot of the younger patients are, you know, going to. There's a such thing as stoner talk, I guess. And I have a lot of uh, younger people in their 20s that are just now getting into cannabis and wanting, you know, information. And I love that platform because it kind of gives a behind the scenes of what we do in the kitchen. Yeah, and it's cool. actually helping yeah. me reach a lot more patients as well. Yeah, and it, it helps with the education part of it and, and reach that uh, the, the new users. And all right. That. Well, and that's the good thing about knowing people like users, you guys. Patients, I'm sorry. Right. Well, but and that's the good thing that knowing that Tiffany and people like that are out there is that they are going to use all of those social media platforms to push that education and stuff like that. So please, yeah, go out, yeah. like and share, like and share the show. White Rabbit Medicinals. White Rabbit Medicinals, Truly Med Podcast. I mean, yeah, easiest thing so, you can do in the world is just share it with a friend. Yeah, absolutely. That's yep. that. That's the thing we want to want to point out. Everybody, first off, you better have told her how awesome she was yeah that should have happened okay. earlier in <laughs> that the show. was one thing you better pulled over on the side of the road <laughs> tell tiffany that she's awesome do it bart fucking now yes. there, there you go yeah <laughs> all right so now and then all you gotta do is share you got to share that's all you have to do let's break mark zuckerberg's heart it breaks his heart whenever you do this let's do it that and breaking the stigma getting it out there to people that need to hear this exactly. stuff exactly absolutely i'm it's just going to help somebody in need i promise the right ears it'll land on them so thank you guys for doing what you do james as always thank you so much tiffany thank you for being on the show everyone please stay medicated take care of each other out there at the end of the day we're all neighbors folks
Yes. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely, Tiffany. Have a great day. James, thank you very much, buddy. Love you, man.